Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe. Welcome to the latest episode of An Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges, taboos, and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths. And today, we're going to be throwing more words in room 101. Because yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the word shit list, part deux. Words are everywhere. We use them to communicate. We use them to communicate with ourselves, with people around us, to tell our stories. We use them in work. We use them for fun. We use them on social media. We use about 7,000 of them on an average day. Yet there are so many words out there that are dripping in fear and leave us running for the exits. Keep us small. You know the things. The inner voice, the mind monkeys, the internal dialogue. Call it whatever you will. The words that they throw at us to keep us small. Now they're doing their job. They believe they're keeping you safe. But what do you lose when you listen to those mind monkeys and don't take action? Well, let's look at five words today. Five words that I think suck absolute ass. They are shite. And I'm going to make a case for why these words should be in room 101 and give you some more positive alternatives that you can use to turn those mind monkeys, irritating little shits, into cheerleaders. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin in at number one. Sorry, I can't help myself. Anytime I hear number one, I, I get the the soundtrack from Top of the Pops. Um, if you're not familiar with that show, it was a, a music show that used to be on in the UK and it counted down the uh, the singles charts in the UK every single week. And yeah, that was one of the theme songs in the 80s. Showing my age. But anyway, number one, have to. Yes, have to. That perfect bedfellow for a word that's already been thrown in room 101, should. It's useless. It's, it's horrible. It really is. Think about it. How often do you say things like, oh, I have to post on social media. I have to do more work. I have to do this. I have to do that. Now pay attention when you are saying that. What does that do? What happens to your body language? Do you feel empowered? When you hear these words, when you hear an expert tell you, you have to do this, because if you don't, the world will go to shit and you will never be successful. So when you catch yourself saying, I have to, I want you to call yourself out on that and think about who specifically said you have to. Are they acting in the best interests of you? Do they even know you? 
do they even know what your success metrics are? And what do you get by having to do something? Let's take, I have to show up on 17 social media platforms, for example. Let's have a look at that one. Okay. So for what reason do you have to spend all your time on social media platforms? Is that even practical? Do you even want to? How does it help you? And what do you get from that? Now, hopefully, as I'm asking you those questions, you're thinking that's fucking nuts. Because exactly right, it is. And a lot of those times when we say, oh, I have to, I have to do this, I have to do that, based off external information that's come in, there's a lot of fear there. There's probably a bit of guilt. Or there's a lot of comparisonitis. So you see people that are more successful than you, that have got more clients than you, that are generating more leads online than you, that have more money than you and all of that. And that creates a sense of lack. So immediately you're thinking, well, I have to do that because they were successful. But why? Why? Do you even want to? How does doing more help you in your life now? Or is it just a matter of doing things a little bit better? Or, my personal favorite, staying in your bloody lane. Doing the things that work for you, that light you up, that make you excited, that make you want to push forwards, that you enjoy doing. Because for me, if you're doing something because you feel like you have to, it becomes a bloody chore. And I'll tell you straight away, the moment somebody says to me, or I get this sense of I have to, I go into my shell. I rebel. I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. Because it doesn't light me up. It's not connected to who I am, to my purpose, to my mission. It's not aligned with my values. So why am I going to use the time? to do that and that question goes to you as well is there something you could be doing more of with the time that you've got that you actually bloody well want to do so have to i'm going to throw that one in room 101 and replace it with i am doing the things that i enjoy so let's take social media for example if you approach that task like this oh, i have to do some social media posts later. Oh, I've got a post. I've got to write 10 posts this week. I've got to do a video. Okay. Just listen to the way I spoke that. It, it, does that sound remotely empowered to you? I was drifting off just as I was speaking. I was ready to go to sleep. So if you're approaching an action with that energy, how successful do you think it's going to be? You're probably going to spend the afternoon staring at a screen, achieving nothing. And even if you do manage to do something, you're going to send that post out with such low negative energy that people are not going to respond to it. 
you're not going to get any traction with it because no one's going to care because they're just going to feel that energy dripping off the post. So try this instead. I'm about to create some social media posts. The knowledge that I'm going to put in those posts is going to inspire one person. They're going to be excited to follow that tip. They're going to tell somebody else. They're, and they're going to tell someone else. And that's going to create a really positive vibe. Or you could do this. As I sit here creating these social media posts and putting them out into the world, I am increasing my visibility. I am becoming more confident in sharing my knowledge and skills and expertise with the world. And that in turn is generating business for me. I'm helping people. I'm making money. And I'm learning new skills as well. Winner, winner, tofu dinner. You see the difference, right? That first one with the have to was just. And the second one was so much more empowered. You were approaching it with a much more positive energy. And that is going to transmit out of the screens around the world and get you a lot closer to your goals. So with that in mind, have you do one room 101 with you. Okay. Ay, ay, ay. This is what happens when you employ multi-million dollar special effects on your podcast. Anyway, numero do, and we're not going to dwell too long on this one because I, I talked about this in a previous episode, but I want this word to go into room 101 where it belongs. And that word is perfect. Perfectionism. I want to create the perfect video. I'm not going to post until it's perfect. I'm not going to do this action until everything's perfect. I'm not going with. <laughs> Perfection doesn't exist. Perfectionism is just a nice spangly word for procrastination. And a lot of the time, when we dig deep into that, we're basically saying, that I'm not good enough. I don't believe I'm good enough. So I'm going to wait until I am. But if you keep on telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, what do you think happens next? Not a bloody lot. You get stuck in a feedback loop. Well, let's get rid of perfect. And replace that with imperfect action is better than inaction. Putting something out into the world with love, with good positive energy, that it is aligned with your values and has a purpose to you is good enough. It is more than fucking good enough because you're awesome. So stop waiting for the bloody stars to align. Stop telling yourself that you're not good enough because you are. And there's someone out there that needs 
and wants to hear from you. That believes in you. That will be blown away with your expertise. So get your stuff out into the world. Let's take perfect. Scrunch it up in a ball. And send it into room 101. Bye bye. And if for any reason you're still not convinced. Please go and listen to episode 19 of an espresso shot of confidence. Where I deal with in much greater detail that word that I can no longer say because it's been banished to room 101. So let's go to number three. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way I can be successful. It's the only way I can do that. It's the only way I can lose weight. It's the only way I'll jog on. No. And I blame marketing wholeheartedly for this. The amount of magic bullets, one size fits all, make six million pounds with one post while you're sleeping, while you've got your hands tied behind your back. BS. I see out there is astounding. And people still buy into it. Fucking shit. Why? I think one of those things is because we've got these images of success around us. This image of what it means to be successful. And they all peddled out this BS, same script. They probably, I don't know if they all sit around and write it. But this is the only way. If you want to be successful, you have to do this. But is there really only one way to be successful? Is there only one way to be happy? To reach the body weight that you want to reach? To make the money that you want to make? To have the career that you want to have? To write, to launch the career as a best-selling writer? Is there really only one way? Doesn't that just oversimplify things and reduce the human experience down to nothing? Do you really think that Elon Musk, Stephen Bartlett, Deborah Meaden, Brene Brown all followed the same path? Did they all go, okay, well, this is the only way I can be successful, so I'll go and do it? Nah, I doubt that very much. I can imagine they did similar things. Such as trial and error, playing, doing, failing forward, taking action. Now that they clearly did. And they continue to do. But do you honestly think? that they're sat there right now thinking, well, the only way that I can become even more successful is to do this. But I doubt that very much. I mean, take Deborah Meaden, for example. She's always looking for ways to diversify, diversify her portfolio of businesses and different ways of doing business. And it's about having that flexibility because if you're saying that there's only one way to do things, that's extremely narrow-minded. You've got tunnel vision. And you're saying that there are no possibilities around that, but isn't the world full of infinite possibilities? 
can you do one thing and somebody do another and still both be successful? Is it possible that I can eat a carb-heavy diet and somebody can eat plant-based diet and we could both still end up meeting our weight goals and our fitness goals? So I'm calling that crap out. There are always multiple options. So I've got a tattoo on my left arm that's there to remind me that there are always solutions. There are always options. And to stay curious, to stay playful, to believe that you have all the resources that you need to make stuff happen. You don't need somebody that you never met that doesn't care for you to tell you that the only way that you can be successful is if you pay them thousands of pounds. And when you think about it like that, it sounds bloody ridiculous, right? So with that in mind, the only way, Room 101, off you go. Which brings us nicely to number four. Or cuatro, for the Spanish speakers around. And this is a personal favorite of the mind monkeys. It's one that they will literally thrash out every time you even dare to think of possibilities. Every time you contemplate stepping outside of your comfort zone. And this bad boy is no one. Let me give you an example. You're just about to launch a new business. You're going to sell whatever product it is online. So you're going to be doing marketing via social media on your website. But as you start typing out the details of your product, the course outline, your web copy, you've got the mind monkeys in the background going, no one cares. No one will buy your course. No one's ever asked for it. Nobody cares about it. And no one's going to spend any money on it. Sound familiar? Yeah, I've been there a few times. So just imagine right there that you've got this going around. And it's slowly making you feel smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're thinking and you're creating this new course that no one's going to care about. That no one's going to buy. But you push forward anyway and put stuff out into the world. But you do it with no one's going to watch. No one's going to read this post. No one's going to follow me on social media. No one cares. And you put that post out. What do you think happens? You're right. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. Not unless you just said balls to it and put out a post that said, look, this is what's going on in my head right now, because that will resonate with many. But you're probably right now not in a position to display that level of vulnerability. So you put out this post that's dripping with negative energy, fear, 
you don't believe you're good enough. And the feedback? Tumbleweed. So what happens next? You start questioning your competence, your course, yourself. Your existence as a human being, it can get that extreme once the mind monkeys turn on the feedback loop in your head. But let's take a beat and rewind a few steps. So what's the evidence that no one will care? Who told you nobody cares? What reason will nobody care? Have you ever worked with anybody who benefited from your knowledge that you're putting in that course? What was their feedback? Has anybody ever given you any positive feedback? Has anybody ever told you that you're really good at your job? Has anybody ever told you that you've made a big difference in their life? How did that feel? And ultimately, what does putting a course out into the world get you? What is your intention of putting that course out into the world? What does it get you? What does it help you to do? Is there a need for that course? Will people get amazing results by working with you? Does it light you up as you're sat there thinking about your course and thinking about those amazing people that you could help? Are you excited about it? Are you thrilled about it? Are you super stoked about getting that course out into the world? If you're nodding your head, yes, 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 right now, then get it out into the world. Dip into that energy every single time those bloody Maya monkeys start piping up in the back and focus. Get the job done. Take that action. Get moving. People are waiting. People need it. Now, on the other hand, if you're new to it and you're not entirely sure whether there is a market for what you're trying to sell, that's where it really makes sense to start asking people. Asking people that you would like to work with, what are your challenges? What are your issues? Would this be useful for you? Get feedback from the people that are actually going to buy your bloody course. Not the Maya monkeys. You're not going to buy your own bloody course. You've got the experience. You've got the knowledge. You know, recently I did a market research round of calls with, um, with people that in my network on LinkedIn. And the thing that came up, you know, when, when I decided to put together those calls was I'm not going to buy my course. I think I know what people need, what support they need. But I'm going to ask them, see what they say. And that's what I did. And some of it was true. And some of it was like, ah, oh, bloody hell, I didn't think of that. And the benefit of that is I created a course that I'm super proud of. And I know is going to be of benefit to many people. No one doesn't come in anywhere there. Both of those situations, we've questioned it. You've questioned it. You've questioned no one. 
I refuse to believe that no one is interested in what you've got to say. There will always be somebody that will benefit from what you've got to say, from your course, from all of that. Yes, it can be a challenge to get those messages out into the world. That's when having training in marketing or someone there to support you comes in really useful. Or ultimately, just bloody believing in yourself, getting your messages out there, keep on reinforcing it, taking each step in front of the next and making it bloody happen. You can do it. Of course you can do it. And how good will it feel when you have done it? Can you picture the scene when those initial three, four, five people have bought your course and those five turn into more if that's what you want? Five might be an, an awesome amount for you. It'd be awesome for me on a course launch. I'd be absolutely over the moon to work together with five people to really have a positive impact on their lives and their businesses and watch them grow. What is there to not like about that? Nothing, right? Because it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So no one scrunched up and in the bin. Bye-bye. Which brings us careening to the last word. And I'm sure if you've spent any time on social media land, you would have said to yourself, hardly, hardly anyone reads my posts. Hardly anyone likes me. I get hardly any likes on my content. I have hardly any followers. Is it your mission to be a, an influencer, a guru? you want to work with 10,000 people at one time? And who exactly said that it wasn't enough to have 500 people in your network, to have 10 clients? Let's take a look at this example. So you've put a post out onto social media. 100 people have seen it, 10 people have liked it, 6 people have commented. But as you go through your social media feed, you see this guy over here, he's got 200 likes, 50 comments, 10,000 followers. Fuck, he's doing really well. We scroll down, and on our left-hand side, we've got this lady here, she's just put a post out, 2,000 likes, 500 comments, 20,000 followers. Oh, my life, look at me, with my 500 followers, my, my 100 impressions, 10 likes, 5 comments. I'm such a loser. A loser how, specifically? How is 100 people taking time out of their day to read, watch, consume your content bad. How does that make you a loser? It's a hundred people 
Imagine you were doing a presentation, a book launch, speech, a face-to-face workshop, and a hundred people showed up. How would you feel about that? Oh, there's a hundred people in the room. I'm such a loser. Yeah. (laughs) Matter of perspective, right? And those 100 people were super focused on what you were saying. Now, in that room, when you're doing your speech and you're talking, is every single one of those 100 people going to come and ask you a question? Or 100 people going to say, that was a brilliant speech. Thank you very much. Again, I doubt that very much. Why not? I hear you say some people might not have the time to personally congratulate you. There may not have been the opportunity to come and congratulate you. They may be shy. They may be embarrassed to come and say, thank you so much. But does that mean that they didn't like what you did? Does that mean that they thought your presentation was terrible and that you're a loser? Again, it's a matter of perspective. So next time you're saying I have hardly any followers, wouldn't it make more sense to be grateful for what you have? To be grateful of those 10 people that took the time to read it, like, engage? And how about the five people that regularly show up on your content commenting? Being grateful for them, it's a good thing, right? So when we look at it, having a hundred followers is a good thing, isn't it? And on that note, hardly, you're in room 101. Ah, that was fun. So that almost brings us to the end of the latest episode of an espresso shot of confidence, which means it is time for my espresso shot of confidence. What you think you create. So if you're using gratitude, positive language, thinking about all the amazing things that are possible when you take action, amazing things are going to happen. Sure, it might not be tomorrow. It might be a year down the line. But trust that it is happening right now. As you put that energy out into the world, you are creating magic and the world says thanks. And I say thank you too. And I say thank you too, to you. My awesome listeners that have joined me here for this exploration of language today. And all that's left for me to say is have a great life, night, week, morning, century, afterlife. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.